Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four Letter Word. My name is Lori Seitz. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your guide in moving from fine to fantastic. I love inspiring others to listen to their inner voice and encouraging them to take the steps toward fulfilling their soul. Join me here as we navigate through life transformation, moving from that place where you say everything's fine, it's just fine, but you're really feeling a deep undercurrent of suck. How do you move from there to a renewed sense of yourself? You're in the right place for stories and experiences of self-discovery and courage to help you on your journey. And you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. Today's guest is Jennifer DeMata. She and I first met when she was running a meetup group for women coaches and consultants. We would meet at her house where she had the most beautiful kitchen. I aspire to have a kitchen like that where I can host gatherings and cook for friends and clients and colleagues. Okay, not getting off track here. In this episode, Jennifer and I are discussing her tendency to be the fairness cop, her time living and working in Germany, and the difference between there and the U.S., and sacrifices made in the pursuit of big titles and big money, plus making decisions your 80-year-old self will look back on favorably, and what it takes to finally make a change. Jennifer DeMata is the founder of Uprisers, a leadership wellness program for women. She has 20-plus years in high-ranking roles where she's led more than 1,000 team members. Jennifer speaks often on female leadership and the Uprisers methodology to develop into an effective leader. She's a certified health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and earned a master's degree in leadership. In 2014, she was given Colorado's Most Influential and Most Powerful Woman Award, and in 2017, named to the Top 100 Women to Watch. She currently sits on the Board of Directors for Midland States Bank Corp. Quick reminder for community and camaraderie, come join us in the Fine is a Four-Letter Word Facebook group. Today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. The weeks, months, and years are flying by. We're almost at the end of yet another year. Kids are growing up, parents are passing away, and you're looking at either your spouse or your career, or maybe both, wondering, do I want to spend the next 20 years the same way I've spent the last 20? If you've been living your life stuck at fine for a while now, frustrated because you don't see a way out, listen up, my friend. It is possible to say fuck being fine and move to fantastic. And you deserve to be better than fine. Take action today and set up a complimentary chat with me to get some clarity around your values and direction and a strategy to put you in the right path. At the time I'm recording this, there are a few times still open for this year. No obligation, no pressure, just an insightful conversation. Go to the Fuck Being Fine page on zenrabbit.com to schedule. Hello and welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My guest this week is Jennifer DeMata, and I am so happy to have you on my show. It's been a while since we first connected. Welcome, Jennifer. Yeah, thank you. It has been a while. I'm so glad we were able to reconnect. I, I know I moved away from Virginia, but it's always good to keep in contact with everyone that you've 
had such good relationships with, and we always did when we met together in our consultant group. Yes, yes. Well, I moved away too for a little while, so we were gone at about the same time. Yeah, so let's start off the conversation with, tell me what values and beliefs you were raised with that then contributed to how what what decisions you were made when you were, became a young adult. Yeah. Or even throughout, not just young adult, throughout. Yeah, and I, I still carry these. I would say honesty is at the top of my mother's list, and so it's always... I believe in it too. I've, I have followed that just like my mother instilled that in us. And I, I just think it's what makes the world good. Um, so honesty for sure. And then, you know, she, she taught us like self-discipline, you know, really holding yourself accountable to being a good person, holding yourself ac- accountable to doing good, to being good to other people, just, you know, a lot of self-discipline, a lot of self-accountability. Um, and then the last one, and, and I might have even taken this way overboard than she ever expected, <laughs> is uh, fairness. I'm, I'm kind of like the fairness cop. <laughs> you are, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, even, like, for example, um, I've always been in the digital and e-commerce world. And, you know, I don't, I don't want Amazon to just keep winning and winning and winning by leaps and bounds and not see some of the clients that I have, you know, get that same kind of opportunity for success. And, and, you know, one of the things I do is I work with the, I work with companies that I want to help them, you know, see the value of digital and learn the value of digital. So they have that opportunity as well. But fairness is something that it, fairness and equality, I, I really love that. And part of the reason that came to light, I think, for my mom and thus for us in childhood was uh, she grew up in a lot of different environments. Like she uh, was born in Canada, but she really grew up in Puerto Rico from the time she was nine till she was 16, you know, and then came here to the United States. And she was in Wa- the Washington, D.C. area, which you and I were in uh, for a while you know, and then she went to Omaha, Nebraska. So she's just seen a variety of cultures, you know, a great diversity beyond what many of us see. And I think it got her to thinking about, you know, how people are treated and the different ways that fairness can stream through your life. And, and then she just really wanted um, me and my uh, brother to make sure that we were treating people equally and that there was every opportunity for everybody to succeed at the same pace, you know, if at all possible. Okay. That's really interesting. That's a very diverse background that she had. And then you grew up in just one place, right? You didn't move around a lot. Yeah. I spent 31 years growing up in Omaha, Nebraska before I finally moved. And, um, yeah, and she's, she's still there. I think she got her opportunity to move around and live in different cultures, environments when she was a kid. So as an adult, she kind of wanted to stick. And so she's still there, you know, and she moved there when she was 22 versus um, I needed that more in my thirties where I I wanted to travel. And I think you and I've talked about this. I went to North Carolina, then I went to Florida, then I went to Colorado, then DC, then Germany. So I decided, you know, the United States wasn't good enough. I needed more diversity. So I went to Germany 
Um, and now I'm back here in, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where my daughter resides. Well, there is there is diversity within our country. Oh, yeah. And at the same time, it's not representative of the whole world. We, I think everyone should have the opportunity or take advantage of the opportunity to travel outside of their own country to get to see how other parts of the world live. Yeah. I found um, some people would ask me, you know, because I've, I've lived in a lot of different places and usually only for two or three years. Uh, why not just travel and go on vacation rather than living? It's so different, right? You see, yes, you, you're not integrating yourself into the culture or you're not really living what those individuals live in that city, town, state, country, whatever, unless you're actually living there. So when I got this opportunity to actually live in Germany with a very good job, and it was so, the timing was just perfect. I mean, my child had been out of the house for five years. I'm an empty nester. And all of our parents were doing extremely well. So it's just like the windows open and we need, I felt like there was a need to just get a little bit more diversity, get a little bit more of a flavor for something different and going beyond the United States was what I felt was required to kind of meet that need. What did you learn when you were living there? That you maybe something you learned that you didn't expect to learn. Well, one thing I, I mean, I learned how they feel about the United States. <laughs> okay, and, you know, so you you get a chance to hear how what their perspective is of Americans, um, and I can only speak to a point in time. So you know, and it it was very heightened because Donald Trump was president at the time, so it was very heightened. But they do feel overall that Americans. Um, are, are positive and, but falsely positive. <laughs> so, you know, they, they call it funny that we ask people how they are, but we don't actually care what the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're fine. We're fine. Right. <laughs> right. We're fine. We're doing fine. Yeah. They, they, they think that, um, I think though that I learned a lot about the fact that we're also a lot the same. You know, I always, you know, I was so in fear, to be honest, it was is a fearful activity for me to go over there. And I actually spent the first five months by myself before my husband even got there. So I was all by myself in a country where I'm not speaking the language just yet. And in a very large company, um, you know, first of all, busting through fear is a big thing I like to do because I think it helps us all grow. I mean, the only times I've ever really felt like I grow is when I bust through fear. Um, but I, I also just reminded myself, you know, we're all humans. We all kind of operate the same. And the United States is not, you know, kind of at this high level and at the top while everybody else is down here in the in the dirt or whatever you Wait, like, wait, wait, it. we're not? <laughs> exactly. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right. I know a lot of people in our country think that, but right. they think I don't they're, agree. could think they're going to a third world country by going anywhere besides the United States. And, and the fact is, is you, you do get to some of these places like Germany 
and you realize they're actually doing some things better. They think the same, and they also, by the way, feel the same as humans. We all have the same feelings. We all react to the same types of things. Um, and they're uh, better at some things than we are. For example, they are way more in tune with environment. I mean, they are very much in tune with, like they don't want air conditioners in the homes and they're all bought in, by the way. This isn't like a society where the government says one thing and the group and the people say something else. They're all bought into things. And, um, and that really goes to show the culture they built over time. But, you know, I have, I still talk to my two really close German girlfriends to this day every single week. It's been a year and a half since I left. And this is the only two girlfriends I talk to every single week when you um when i learned that they're very loyal when you have friends over at least where i was in germany when they make a friend it's a friend for life and i love that too because it's special it's deep it's loyal yes yeah so that leads me to the question of people there are not moving around as much as americans are are they like they are no they're they're not moving diff to different, I don't know what it is in Germany, but like, like we have states, like we're moving to different states all the time, different and different countries. They do have states and regions and whatnot. It's not regions. something that we look at on the map, um, but they do. And, and I'm not an expert in that on any level, but they, you know, what's interesting, in, at least in this company, is everyone that worked at the top level with me actually did come from another place. So one thing they still, I think, do, and it was more prevalent there than I've seen here, is they, the person who's working might fly somewhere else, another country, to work the whole week in that country and then fly back to their home. So the other parent may not be working, has the kids, and they stay in, in their home, and sometimes that's a different country. They don't, they're okay, they go through different countries or, or, or two different countries um, at ease, basically. At sure, I ease. mean, in Europe, it's like the United, I don't want to compare Europe to the United States, but the, the proximity of all the different countries are, they're close like we are in our different states. So yeah, the proximity is the one thing they told me that would be my Achilles heel as an American is that I would not understand that every country is different. They are very adamant about that. And I can totally understand why it, it makes a lot of sense. Once you get over there, you can really see and feel the differences of, of the people of everything. Um, but they said, you know, you Americans just do not understand. It's not Europe. It's all these different countries. And we are different no matter if we share borders or not. So I thought that was really interesting because they pointed that out. Since the show is called Fine is a Four-Letter Word, tell us about a time when everything in your life was fine or you were saying it was fine, but it really wasn't fine. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, oh, how many times has that happened? Because you love to, <laughs> we love to tell ourselves things are fine and they're just not. Um, I think there's, there's, it, it's strung through my career. So um, I generally speaking with this, you know, whole value of, of honesty, and I'm not saying this is totally against this, but this whole, the values I carry, I a lot of times would struggle in big corporations. However, 
sometimes big corporations is where, where you need to be to get where you want to go, which, so I had this sort of conflict in my head going on between, okay, I want to rise to the top. You know, I want to get a great title and a great salary. And that requires being sometimes in a big company, but the politics and everything like that don't, you know, feed my soul. If anything, they're bringing me down. So a lot of times through the career, you know, I go through the honeymoon phase, everything would be great. And then we'd get into that stage of everything's fine. And you just keep telling yourself that all the way through the process. And then you, and then you finally, and then I would finally kind of leave two or three years later and go start over, you know? And so sometimes, you know, this is the problem with fine is it's because you're having a con or for me, it's because I'm having a conflict in my, my wants and my desires. You know, I want the big title and the big money, but I don't want to deal with these other things that you do need to intelligently deal with at a large company. And so you get into the state of I'm fine when you're really not, but you say you are because you, your other side is like, Oh, but I need to stay here because I want this so bad. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense. The episode that was released today, we were talking a lot about values and making decisions based on your values, knowing what your values even are in the first place. And so if that was something that you were aware of and you go into a company whose values don't match or the the job you're doing doesn't match the values that are important to you, that's when you're going to run into a conflict. And maybe you could put up with it for a couple of years and then it starts really grating on you, rubbing you the wrong way. And you're like, yeah, no, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually something wins. So is it going to be your need for being, you know, for me, is it going to be my need to be in a large company with a big title, with a big salary, or is it going to be living kind of these, not only these values, but like being happy, generally speaking, just feeling joy. And, you know, it took me 20 plus years, <laughs> not that long. No, <laughs> um, no. Yeah, whatever. It took me 20 years to say, okay, that's it. The, the other thing has to go because they're in direct conflict. They can't live. I cannot figure out how to get these two things to live together. That's the bottom line. Um, so they're in direct conflict. So I'm letting the title, the big dollars, all that go. I'm moving towards my values and I know, and now I have to define what, you know, brings me joy as, as far as a, you know, kind of a job goes or career goes. And I, and now I've found that. So I'm like, I'm way beyond fine at this point in time. Like, you know, I've lived fine for 20 years. Now I'm beyond fine, which I'm thrilled about. Yeah. Which is awesome. What were the tools that you used to help you get there? To Oh, well, you know what? I teach this also to the women in my program, but you know, I, I really had to evaluate if I was going to go the other route. Let's just say I said, I'm going to drop my values and I'm instead staying with the big company. You know, what's going to happen if I do just stay fine for the, another 20 years? What's going to happen? Well, I started evaluating what did happen. Let's not talk about the career because the career actually, if you look on the surface, was great. You know, you look at my LinkedIn, it's all nice and going up the ladder and all that nice stuff, right, on the surface. So you, you got to go past that. And it wasn't just values. It was, I wasn't, I was um, eroding in my relationship, which means a ton to me with my partner. Uh, my relationship with my daughter, I kind of felt like I was a little tense and getting irritable. You know, all those things are going to happen when you're fine with my mother. And I thought, what am I doing? I am sacrificing 
the most important things, you know, family, friends, happiness, love, like everything for that. Is that worth it to me? Because now I, I'm almost at a crossroads. I've got to make a decision because I've really kind of pushed the envelope quite a bit by going 20 years like this. And everyone's supporting me, by the way. My husband's moving with me every single time. You know, my daughter has to deal with that too because she moved with me three of those times. So, you know, my mother has to be away from me the whole time. Is that all worth it? You know, in the end, just for what? For exactly what? And I, you know, you have to make your own individual decision. But I just said, listen, it's now's the time I'm putting the relationships first because those are what get me beyond fine. Not a job, not money. That doesn't get me beyond fine. Relationships, love, everybody that's really close to me, that gets me beyond fine. So those start have to come first. And that means they're sacrifices that I am more than willing, like completely committed to making. That word sacrifice is interesting because people think when you you have to sacrifice something that it means that you're giving up something that you really want. And sometimes it is, but sacrifice, if you have to sacrifice TV watching time so that you can study to get a degree that is important to you, that's a sacrifice. If you have to sacrifice um, I mean, anything. It's giving up something to get something greater. Right. You're going to have situations where you're like, it's going to be A or B. It's not going to be both. Sometimes you have A and B, but other times it's A or B. It's TV watching or study. That's it. I mean, like, you know, or it's sleep or study, whatever it is, but it's A or B. So if you're sacrificing the thing that's of lesser value to you, that's actually good. That's a good decision sacrifice for sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And at the same time, so many people don't recognize that and they are, they're making poor choices or they're not, hmm, how to say this, they are making choices that are sacrificing what they really want to do. Yeah. So they're, they are sitting in front of the TV watching Netflix or they're sitting with a bag of chips. What, what they really want is to be in better health. They're, they're making the sacrifices for their, their best version of their future because it feels good in the moment. Right, right. But then, like you said, you have to look back and go, okay, well, is this the life I want moving forward? Yeah, that's right. What, what do I want to create? What would future me want <laughs> to do? Yeah. Can, how can I act in the best interest of future me? Right. And you know what? That's actually really hard for the human race. The human race is not built to think about the future. If you think about it, I mean, think about the humans for the last, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. We're not built to be like, oh, what do we want to be when we grow up? For you know, this is a very new set of thoughts. So it does take actually effort. It, it takes saying, okay, yeah, I really do want to watch TV. Like if I'm being real about it, I want to watch TV. So let's get real. I want to sit around. I don't really want to do anything. Um, but am I going to be happier if I just spend, let's try it. Let's try 30 minutes doing what I really should be doing. And then, you know, a lot, we know a lot of times that 30 minutes turns into an hour because all it's, all it's about is getting started because the human race is, and actually our bodies are built to only do what's the path of least resistance. That is one of our intuitive 
that, that is one thing that's just on instinct is we are built to do um, path of least resistance because the body's going to attempt to survive and that's it. They're not, your body is not trying to thrive. It's trying to survive. That's it. So it wants you to just sit around and watch TV. Could care less, basically. So it's a new frame. You know, you sometimes, and this is the self-discipline thing that I really value that my kind of my mother instilled in me because if you don't have that discipline, it gets even harder because we are just not naturally built to go, what is our future going to look like? You know, kind of thing. Right. And if you can get yourself into the momentum yes. of, as you said, starting to you know, open a book and start studying, turn off the, the TV and get into the momentum of it, then 30 minutes could turn into an hour. And just to be clear, we're not saying never watch TV, never do anything that you want to do to just relax. Right. It's, it's a, it's a, a it's balancing. It's an 80-20 rule. I mean, yeah. generally speaking, or I mean, whatever it is, a 60-40 rule. But, you know, you set, you set some guidelines for yourself and you try really hard just to hit them, knowing you've got to expand beyond, you know, sitting around and, and TV, but also being realistic that you are not built for that. That this world is forcing you to operate in a new way. But humans yeah. were never built to go beyond like, what do I need right this very second, basically. Right. Because if you don't force yourself, if that's the way to put it, to do the thing that you know is the, the good thing for you, you are going to turn around in 20 years and go, wait a minute, where did those past 20 years go? I'm not where I thought I was going to be or I, where I'd like to be. Yeah. And they go by really quickly, as we all know. You just, you just said 20 years went by and... Yeah. Yeah, we I all know. Actually, we, were, we were just... Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just reading this article about, you know, because I try to stay up to speed with any new ideas because I'm always um, teaching clients how to improve their leadership and things like that. Career change often comes up. So I was just reading this article about um, tips for career changing and it brought up Jeff Bezos, and he has this, um, I can't remember what it's called, like net regret or regret zero or something like that. So basically, he just started instilling in his brain, make decisions that you're going to be happy with or, or not regret, not happy with, sorry, that you're not going to regret when you're 80 years old. Um, yes. And I thought, yeah, you know, that's actually... Again, I have to attribute this to my mom because I think she instilled this so well in us. But that's the way I would think as I would raise Caitlin is I really wanted a career while Caitlin was around and I was a single parent. So I wasn't giving up the career, but I also didn't want to be a bad. I wanted to be a great mom. So I would say, OK, if I make this decision, am I going to, you know, basically be on my deathbed regretting it? And we've seen those, I think, those studies where they ask people on their deathbeds, what do you regret the most? And they, these are the things. I mean, people do regret sitting around watching TV or doing mindless stuff. And actually, that ha has its own value, by the way, but doing mindless stuff too much, too much of the time and not doing stuff that helps us grow or change or not spending time with our family or whatever, you know, that more higher value, more joy activity could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really what the program that I have the fuck being fine experience is about helping women 
live without regrets Mm -hmm. so that they don't die with regrets and finding the courage because it often takes courage. It took courage for you to walk away from those big companies and those prestigious jobs, finding the courage to do the thing that they know they need to do, but it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. And Tony Robbins talks a lot about this. Like, when do you finally change? Well, because we are built to do things to survive and path of least resistance, change is not a thing human race does that well. Um, So you are really only changing when you are put up against the wall, essentially. The thing is, is we're in a world now where you really can't wait that long. If you wait that long, you could lose what you might have wanted in the first place. And so defining what you really want um, to the best of your ability. And sometimes that takes coaching from either Lori or myself, right? Exactly. Um, sometimes it takes like a little bit of guidance, coaching, accountability, figure out what you really want, then break it down in bite-sized pieces can really help create some motivation to, I'll just stick with the TV thing, to stop being fine watching with TV and say, fuck fine. We're moving to better than fine. You know, This gets more fun. Life gets more fun when we're better than fine. Yes. Yes. More fun. Because we can all use more fun. And like you said, defining what you really want helps you then figure out what is fun. Because a lot of people I talk to want more fun in their life, but then you go, well, so what do you do that's fun? They're like, I I, I don't know. Yeah. They can't even come up with what is fun for them. And I've been there too. My friends and I have had these conversations. Well, we should do something fun this week. Okay, what's fun? And then we all sit around like, I have no idea what's fun anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, and yes, and the whole loss of feeling like we're part of society does not make that any better, you know, with the pandemic, you know, separate, uh, separating yeah. us, isolating us. But it was before that. I mean, if we're being I was going to say these conversations happened before pandemic. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Yeah. I gave a healthy leadership workshop last week. And I said, okay, guys, if we're being honest with ourselves, burnout, anxiety, depression, all of that was actually happening way before pandemic. Mm -hmm. Could it, is it exasperated? Sure. But it was also pretty high and a pretty big problem prior to the pandemic. It's just, it started getting some light on it with, you know, the pandemic, essentially. Right. And people had time sitting at home. Yeah. To look at it mm-hmm. before they were kept themselves so busy and so distracted that they didn't have to look at that. Yeah. And then they had the opportunity and then it became even more obvious. Yeah. And you know, that probably just, you know, the more I think about this, I, I just love this podcast and I just love the whole concept of fuck being fine because the more I think about it, like, you know, when the Germans tell me that Americans are just falsely positive. I think we're like, we're, we act like we're fine. We're not fine. We're, we're totally not fine. We just say we're fine, you know, and we're just constantly, uh, adding to that environment and just continuing to make that wheel spin faster and faster because we all have to just tell each other we're fine because God forbid we said something real, like I have anxiety or, you know, whatever. Right. And I, I'm glad it's starting to come out, but it's still pretty small. But, you know, before all of that, 
you know, before, you know, the diversity started heightening, before anxiety and depression was heightening, before burnout was heightening, before a lot of these things were heightening, this is exactly what we were saying to ourselves. All of us, we were all just saying, I'm fine. That got got us through the day or got us through the next five minutes. We weren't necessarily being superficial either. We just, we weren't even admitting it to ourselves. So it's not like we were telling you a lie. We didn't even admit it to ourselves. Or we were just, we were trying to be fine. Like thinking that if we said it, it would actually be true at some point in time in our, you know, lives. Because, because we look around and everyone else is fine. So yeah, I better play along. <laughs> right. I have to be fine too, because look at all my friends. They've got these amazing social media posts. They all look super happy. I mean, the, the, right. At least I need to be fine. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. Yeah. What a good conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me before we go. Tell me what the song is that you listen to when you need to get extra enthusiasm. What's your hype song? Oh, my hype song is easy. Eminem, Lose Yourself. It's my favorite really? song. Oh, yes. I love, love, love. Like, it, I, if I need to get hype in the morning, like I'm not feeling it, I'm going to go for a walk or a run. And my first song is that song. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, tell my audience how they can reach out to you if they want to continue the conversation or find out more about what you're doing right now. Yeah, sounds good. So I run Uprisers, which is a female leadership program for early female risers, kind of anyone in their manager to early VP stage. And you can reach me a variety of ways on LinkedIn. You can find me at Jennifer Demata. You can search. Um, You can go to uprisers.com, which is U-P-R-I-S-O-R-S.com. Or reach me at jennifer at uprisers.com. Fantastic. And as always, we will put a link to all of those places in the show notes. Sounds good. Thank you for having me, Lori. This was great. My pleasure. We'll see you all next time on Fine is a Four-Letter Word. The one question I meant to ask Jennifer when we were talking about her time in Germany was, are the Germans asking the same questions about finding purpose and who am I now? We talked about it after we stopped recording, and she said, the millennials are Gen X and older, not so much. And those in Gen Z are questioning authority and examining their values more than previous generations. I referenced an episode that published on the day Jennifer and I recorded this interview. That was the one with Nicole BZ called Using Your Values as a Filter. Now on to today's key takeaways. Number one, it's common to have an internal struggle going on between what your head wants and what your heart wants. That struggle looks different for everyone. For Jennifer, it was between a highly successful corporate career and her true values of family and relationships. Eventually, you have to make a choice. Jennifer used the word sacrifice. Often, to get what you really want, you have to sacrifice things that are are of lesser importance. If you want to start a side gig, you sacrifice TV watching, for example. If you want to be healthier, you sacrifice the convenience of swinging by a fast food place for breakfast every day. Number two, momentum is a big factor in building new habits. Jennifer says the human race is not built to think about the future. You are designed to take the path of least resistance. So if you want to improve anything in your life, you have to train yourself to take actions that will benefit future you. Number three, one way to make decisions is to ask yourself, 
when I'm 80, will I be happy with or will I regret this decision? Put some perspective on your choices, which may give you incentive to make better or different decisions. Number four, the time for being distracted from your problems, your challenges, what's really going on in your life and in your head is over. Pandemic put some light on this because it shut down a lot of the distractions. It forced people to see what they were distracting themselves from. But that's difficult to look at. And then what's happened is an increase in feeling isolated. Listen, isolating yourself and trying to be tough and work through it on your own is delusional. The only way to get through the anxiety, the overwhelm, the burnout is to talk about it. You're not the only one, despite what your friend's social media feeds look like. This is why programs like My Fuck Being Fine Experience and Jennifer's Uprisers exist. Lean on people who have been where you are to lead you where you want to go. Number five, this one is something I'm continuously working on. It's finding ways to have more fun. As crazy as it sounds, you have to make time to figure out what's fun anymore. What's fun in this time of your life? What brings you joy? For many people, fun includes reconnecting with or connecting in the first place with other people. We've talked about this before, how humans are wired to connect interpersonally. No more living in fear. You have to do the things, whatever things you're not doing right now because you're afraid. The real tragedy is living so cautiously that you look back from your deathbed with regrets. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other women like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. And I'd love to hear what's happening in your world. Join me on social. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. And lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. Or maybe it's just before, depending on where you're listening. Look for it. You'll find it because you always find exactly what you're looking for. Remember that.